You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the place where you as a dad will gain more tools for your fathering toolbox and where moms and daughters are also invited to listen into the conversation. Now, here is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. And if you're ready to add more tools to your fathering toolbox, then you have come to the right place. Because this is all about you as a dad becoming more equipped to dial into your daughter's heart with more precision, more resources. And really, at the end of the day, that gives you more credibility in her life. And that's what this is all about. Well, you know the grid that guides our conversation every week on your mark, get set, go. So dad, you're standing side by side, other dads getting ready to run your fathering race this week. I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set, fill in that in with stories and stats, and go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today my guest coach is a guy by the name of Sean Clifford. He's the CEO of a company called Canopy, which brings cutting-edge technology to keep families and children safe from porn, sexting, location tracking, and more. Oh my goodness. Do you guys see why I invited him here? We need to talk about this. He's a dad to four. His oldest, Eliana, is 10, double digits. You know, he's a girl dad. And so he's not only bringing his expertise in this area, but he's also coming to this as a dad of a daughter. Let me tell you a little bit more about him. He aspires to build products that give families the good of the internet without the bad. This is what motivated Sean As I said earlier, he's not only the CEO, but he founded Canopy in 2019 to help bring a world of healthy tech users, starting by protecting children from pornography. Ah, okay, that's what we're about here on the Dad Whisperer podcast. He previously served as vice president of Barron Public Affairs, where he advised leading tech ventures, nonprofits, and Fortune 500 companies at the intersection of culture and policy. Sean earned his BA from Williams College, an MA from St. John's College, and an MBA from the University of Pennsylvania. You can find out more about Sean and his company at canopy.us. Is that right? You got it. Okay, I got it. Sean and his wife and their four kids live in Austin, Texas, where they enjoy exploring local trails and relaxing on, listen to this, tech-free Saturdays. Welcome, Sean Clifford. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad you're here. Well, today on your mark, the title of this conversation is Good Internet, Bad Internet, How Dads Can Protect Their Daughters. Are you up for that conversation today, Sean? I hope so. Okay, here we go. How about just to start with, if you tell us about Canopy, what led you to found this organization? Yes. So Canopy is a software company uh, with tools that you can put on your smartphone, tablet, or computer to ensure that your kids can experience the good of the internet without the bad, as you said. Um, This was launched in 2019, and uh, we launched, soft launched our first product last year. And the real impetus... All during COVID. Yes. Come on. um, Gosh, right as, you know, kids were just spending untold number of hours on their devices. Right, right. And the real impetus for this was, we think technology is amazing. And even if we didn't, it's not going away. So we have to figure out how to live well with these devices. 
and in many respects, we're the first generation to raise digital natives who have grown up with smartphones and computers ever present from their earliest days. Mm-hmm. And while I think that is good, and, and honestly, during COVID, so many of our devices were a lifeline to connect with family, to connect with friends, to School. continue education. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And so uh, we think there's some great things, but um, regrettably, it comes with some challenges as well. And that's what we wanted to solve. So much data over the last 10 years has documented that these devices are transformative. They're shaping our kids in very powerful ways, sometimes for the best, sometimes uh, in negative directions. And that's really the impetus behind it. We want to do this, both for my own kids, but also just like for our community and for for the broader generation. Like we want kids to be kids. Absolutely. And I think I'm going to say what I'm going to say, assuming that you agree with me, is that we know we can't live without devices anymore. This is, like you said, how we stay connected. But if parents and fathers specifically aren't stepping in to see what their daughters, sons as well, of course, but are looking at, I fear for where we're headed. And I think sometimes, and again, this is what I'm saying. You can tell me if you agree with me or not, but is that fathers want to believe the best in their daughters and assume they're making good choices with what they're looking at. Do you make that same assumption based on your research and I would say even in your own family. Gosh, uh, been in this space for a little now, and the short answer is no. We now know enough that, um, I'll give you one stat out there. Yeah, we love stats here. 62% of first encounters with pornography are unintentional or accidental. 62%. And that is such an important figure because so many parents think, my kid's good. They're not going to go out looking for it. Um, but the, the majority of them are not looking for it, but they're still being exposed to it. It used to be that you had to work hard to find pornography. Now you have to work hard to avoid it. Okay, well and so said. That's the first distinction that I think um, we need to reconcile and understand to guide our actions. Um, the second thing is just, you know, the average American teenager spends seven hours a day on their devices in front of a screen. Seven hours a day. Including um, more than two hours a day on social media. This is shaping them in very profound ways and you have to understand what that's doing you can directly track the rise of social media and the growth in the adoption of smartphones to declining mental health increasing depression i'm sorry to say increases in suicide um, changes in how they perceive body image how they perceive their stature and standing among their friends like it is all there and so i think given there's there's mountains of data we have to then take a step back and say all right we're not going to get rid of the devices, but what can we do to make sure that yeah. um, this is actually supportive and helping them become the kids that we want them to? Yeah, and I don't know if you knew this about me, but I actually have a counseling practice. I'm in my 27th mm. year. So all the things that you're talking about, the decline in mental health, depression, anxiety, suicidality, these are things I'm hearing in my office from teenagers especially Mm. and young adults so we're both saying as I'm sure dads listening are saying is I think there's some truth to what you're saying and you as a dad may or may not be linking that to the amount of hours on a smartphone but I think what I love today is that you're talking about the content of Mm. what's being looked at not just the time right so let's talk more about this problem any more stats you got up your sleeve absolutely average age of exposure today is somewhere between 9 and 11 years old which is shocking. To pornography. Yes. And that is a, uh, it's an age that is dropping every year. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is what they're being exposed to is far different. I think one of the mindsets that I would encourage parents, even though I know this is uh, 
uncomfortable topic, uh, and it's awkward to discuss, but you have but to understand. But thank you. That's well, why I invited you here. I want yeah. you to talk about it. We, I think so many parents have this uh, understanding that pornography is like Playboy. And Playboy was bad. But it, at the end of the day, it was a magazine with 12 static images. And today, your child with any internet-connected device can be uh, exposed to infinite variety of content that's visually more potent because it is HD video, accessible, uh, and it's just bouncing around constantly. It's more addictive than it's ever been before. So um, this raises challenges when the mindset is just like, ah, yeah, it's out there and, you know, it's not great, but it's it's not, ter- like, it is a different uh, challenge that we have uh-huh. to confront today. So that's kind of on the pornography side. The other thing that um, we're trying to deal with is the rise of sexting. So one out of four American teenagers has received a sext. One out of seven has sent one. And these are pre-pandemic figures. We've got a lot of evidence to suggest it's increased during all the lockdowns. Absolutely. And especially for the dads of daughters, two-thirds in one survey of, so two-thirds of American teenage girls have been asked by someone they know to send a nude photo. This now the question is how many have done it? Yes. Uh, I imagine most, at least that's in what I'm hearing often and what I'm looking at in the research is these girls want to be liked mm. and they want to be accepted by their peers and they want to be the girl that the guy wants and think, well, maybe he'll want to be my boyfriend if I, if I comply. And so understanding girls like I do, I'm the oldest of four girls. I've mm. been mentoring girls since I was 19 and I'm 61. Do that math <laughs> is in the heart of a daughter, of a woman, of a girl is to be accepted and liked by her peers. I think differently than guys. It might be more, mm. I'm going to show my athletic prowess on the field or something. No, here it's about relationships. So that vulnerable point in the heart of a girl, I think, sets her up to say yes most of the time to sexting. At least that's what my awareness is all about. Yes, I, um, I regrettably think it's happened. I think you're exactly right that um, there was actually an interesting, I had a, a colleague who walked through, because a lot of parents, when they hear this, they're shocked. Like, who could actually do that? But my colleague walked through each step along the way and how you actually get to the point in a moment of vulnerability driven by a desire to be affirmed that this is a step that uh, happens, especially when, regrettably, it's become so normalized, right? It's no longer seen as... No, uh, I think, in fact, I hear some of my clients say it's funny. mm. Like they're laughing at this. And I wonder if, just making this really practical, Sean, if I could ask, would you encourage a dad to actually ask his daughter that question super clear, super blunt, super straightforward. Have you ever sent a nude photo? You don't even have to use the word sexting because she may call it something different and mm. say no. Have you ever sent a nude photo? Any more you might want to say to a girl too. I mean, or a guy. I don't, I don't want to just assume. Yeah. Or do you think that's better to let a daughter come to a dad when she's ready to say to him what's happening? Absolutely the former with one precondition. I think that it is so important for dads to communicate to their kids that there are going to be topics that are uncomfortable and you can come to me and I will not be angry. I am the place that you can come to have a conversation about this because if you ask it where that uh, understanding is not there, it's going to be perceived. Like, I think kids recognize still that like sending a nude photo and sharing that with a parent is like an uncomfortable thing. Right. And parents oftentimes react from a place of anger because they're so 
uh, frightened, I think, about the implications yeah, of this. Yes, so the and fear what this comes out be. as anger. Yes. That's what I see happen a lot with men that I've been coaching. They're like, yep, that's the funnel that comes out. Yes. But I'm actually afraid for her. And it, I think there's a, a righteous indignation that you want to protect your child and other people are exploiting them, right? Because there's this concern that this is a form of exploitation. So right. first communicating that no matter what the answer is, you're going to be there. And you're going to talk anger. through it. Yes. That is brilliant. But, I am so glad you brought that up. But then, yes, once that's set, and that has to be established early and often, um, once that's set, I think this has to be a regular conversation. Um, and look, I, my daughter is 10. I've already had to have a form of this conversation with her. Now, she doesn't have her own smartphone, but, and I hate that that's the case. Um, but this was born out of, um, if the age of exposure is 9 to 11, do you yeah. want to be the first person that's kind of shaping understanding of these topics? Or do you want some anonymous stranger uh, or Come whatever on. you're going to okay, find online yep. uh, shape how your child perceives mm-hmm. these things? That is so good. What was that conversation like for you? Like at a heart level as a dad going, you know, I, I, I wasn't at my age ever exposed to this kind of stuff that young. You know, and so you think, I don't want to have to bring this up. Yes. How did you do it? I feel very fortunate. There's a book out there called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, um, which serves as a little bit of a conversation guide. There's a version for younger kids and for older kids, um, and it really helped me walk through it. And it was actually, it frames it in a almost, I mean, not to make light of it, but it's like, you know what? People do crazy things online. It's like they'll film their friends falling off skateboards and they'll do this. Some will even film people without clothes on. Isn't that crazy? And my kids uh, haven't seen any of that yet, but like it starts to open the door. It's not so heavy. Yes. So there are ways to do it now. And the clear thing was like, hey, if you ever see this stuff, just come to me and we'll have a conversation. And I want to go back to something that you said. You said the word regularly. That really stuck out to me because I think a dad may say, wait, I asked her at the beginning of the school year. It's now March, May, June. You want to keep asking her, can you define regularly? How often do you think that would be a good question for a dad to ask his daughter just to check in? Granted, it's your opinion, but you're here as the expert. So I want to ask you, Sean Clifford, what would you say? I would say, can I give two answers? The first answer is on this specific question, I would say, you know, once every month or two. Um, Second answer. I borrowed this from a friend. This is a little dad hack that I learned that I have loved. And my kids are still young, so they may outgrow their patience with me on this. But um, my friend said the best five minutes of conversation that he gets with his kids is after he tucks them in, he will lay down on the bed next to them. And they both look up at the ceiling and they just talk. And so those there's not the, the intense eye to eye contact. Yeah. You're just looking up. Those are the moments where things come out that despite, you know, sitting down with them on the couch. How was your day? How was this? For whatever reason, that's the moment where oh, that's it comes out. Having that uns- unstructured, unscripted time yeah. where it's just like, hey, what do you want to talk about? I think also then if you get that part right, yeah. then over time it doesn't seem like that only parachutes in with this one awkward question yeah. every yeah. and then you can, so. Oh, that is so good. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've been talking about the problem, the stats. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about the fix, the solution, the vision that dads can have to invest in their daughters in this way. We'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters 
is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you wanna be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, here with CEO of Canopy, Sean Clifford. You can find out more about them at canopy.us. I trust this conversation is a wake up call for you as a dad if you've been kind of avoiding stepping in to the arena to talk to your daughter about sexting, about pornography, sending nude photos, have you been asked to send them, and keeping this conversation alive. We're talking about good internet, bad internet, how dads can protect their daughters. So Sean, we've talked about the problem really clearly. I love the way you've woven in some practical ways for dads to have this conversation, kind of keep this on the front burner, if you will. In a, I would say in a way so that he can be a better protector of her, her mind, her heart, her feelings, her relationships. Let's talk now about the vision. So what's the solution to this problem? Because I, the reason I use vision is that I was reading a little bit about your vision statement about, you know, technology put, should put families first. Okay, that's not what I hear a lot. Tell us, tell dads more, tell me more. How do we move from the problem to a solution? Yes. I think one of the biggest problems right now is we all recognize that technology is uh, leading us in directions that we might not want to go. But right now, we don't have a lot of agency to actually resume control over what we're consuming. All of these algorithms, all of these apps that we use have been designed to drive you in a certain direction. So one of the things that we wanted to do with Canopy was provide parents a tool that can make sure that tech was working for you and not the other way around. Love it. So that was kind of the impetus for it at the very outset. Um, the way that we've been able to execute on that is by capturing some of the most advanced technology out there in terms of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and training that to make sure that your kids are going to be able to enjoy a healthy, customized internet experience. That is so awesome. Now, what I want to just say here as a caveat is on the Dad Whisperer podcast, I've been doing this five and a half years, I have never promoted or had someone come who has promoted a product. A book, yes, but mm. not a product. And yet I invited you here, right? I wanted you here to give dads a practical action-oriented solution to a problem so that we don't just keep talking about the problem, which I don't think we have to look very far to have people go, here's the stats, here's the problem, you know your kids are being exposed. And I believe it is time for dads to step into action. And that's why I want you to actually tell them what this would look like for them to join forces with you, dad to dad, man to man, leader to leader, to make a difference in intersecting with their daughter's life specifically in this area. Mm. The first thing that I would say, which um, may come as a surprise, given that we do have a tool out there, is that no tool will ever replace the need for parenting. 
the hard work of parenting, the privilege of parenting, n- nothing will ever um, be able to overcome that. Oh, so, I love that. Thank um, you. That is so we, awesome. I'm applauding you well, with that statement here. It's Go important Dad. to say, in part because so many parents, understandably, and like I have such humility around this, um, we want the silver bullet. And I don't think there are silver bullets out there. That said, um, we try and step into the space to try and give parents a little bit more control. So what does Canopy actually do? Um, we've got two big tech advances, uh, thanks to an incredible R&D team in Israel. First, we've figured out how to train artificial intelligence to identify nudity pornography with over 99.7% accuracy. The wow. second is we figured out- Say that one one more time, because you said it fast, I want to make sure dads hear that. We have an algorithm that can look at images and videos, and out of 1,000 videos, 997 that contain nudity will be flagged by our software. Okay, awesome. The second big advance is we figured out how to do that in milliseconds, in real time effectively. So with Canopy on your child's smartphone or tablet or device, they type in a website, brand new website, never been gone to before. We will scan every word, every image, every video on it and ensure that we're blocking out anything that contains nudity. So that's kind of the first application. No new porn sites will be acceptable. The second is we can filter out nudity and pornography from sites that are otherwise acceptable. So Twitter, Reddit Uh, are great examples of platforms that kids spend a lot of time. TikTok? Yes. We can go into TikTok and scan every video and make sure that none that contain nudity are able to appear on your child's device. You are kidding me. So this is... I have never heard of something like this. It's an amazing advance from the team in Israel. We are so grateful to be partnered with them um, and kind of have this because... I think so much of the challenge has been tools that are out there. They, there's easy ways to get around them. They slow down your phone. There's things like that. Uh-huh. And so understandably, uh, the child complains, gets in a fight with the parent, and like a week later, they uninstall un- the tool. Right. So we've spent a lot of time trying to make this as seamless and unobtrusive. Whereas most tools have been butcher's cleavers, we tried to invent a scalpel. Oh, well, that's keeping it blunt and honest. <laughs> I love it. Let me get personal for a minute. Do you have any thoughts about why you believe maybe there's been a delay in dad stepping in to fight for, I would say, the innocence or the purity of their daughters? Any, any ideas? I know that's off script. It's not, it's not probably your lane. Any thoughts on that? Look, I think that um, this is a hard topic to tackle, and parents both honestly believe but also want to believe that their child is not going to be uh, involved in this type of stuff. And so I think, and then the third thing is, I'll give you one small example, if you'll bear with me a second. There was a New York Times feature-length magazine story about teenagers watching porn. And it, the headline was, teenagers are watching more pornography than their parents assume, twice as much in fact. Uh, it's shaping their views on intimacy, power, yes. and relationship dynamics. But then here's the subheader. Can they be taught to see it more critically? And basically assumed that it's a given. It's inevitable. It's out there. So that the only thing we can do is make sure that they're watching the right types as opposed to the wrong types. Oh, now, my goodness. Now, I disagree with that premise. But yeah, me too. But it speaks to a sense of being overwhelmed. Like, what on earth can I do? And I think that is in part parents like they don't know how, how can you even wrap your hands around right, this? and rein this back in yes so i think that um feeling of being overwhelmed leads to a lack of action sometimes um i think the second thing sense. um just culturally speaking if you raise concerns about pornography 
you're a prude, you're part of the finger-wagging crowd, you're a scold, and it's just, it feels, even when it's your own kids, although parents do step up for their kids, but culturally speaking, this has been an area where it's just kind of like, mm, and I think that's changing. And, and I want to just add one more thing that comes to my mind just hearing you talk, Sean, is that if a dad listening right now is struggling in his own life mm. with looking at pornography, I think that's going to be another block to being able to step in to protect his daughter in that area. So what would you say to that dad who's struggling himself but wants to be clean or free and be a better dad to his daughter so she's protected? What would you say to him? You know, it's funny. I think that cuts two ways. I think dads in particular who know this issue are either reluctant to engage because there's a lot of shame there or they are incredibly... um, motivated to engage because they know how much suffering can attend this type of addiction. So they are more proactive because uh-huh. they've, they've experienced um, how this sets you off on a direction that you might not want. That is really good. Okay, well, I end every show with a go step. You've given lots of practical ideas all the way through this, but I want to ask you one more question, one last question. So what would you tell dads, practically speaking, What would you tell them right now from your heart to theirs would be one thing that they could do today to protect their daughters from what's on the internet, the bad internet? It's a piece of advice that I heard um, from a friend that I cherish. It's to go to your child and first convey, there are things that we're going to do as a family because I want everything for you. I want all the good things that you should find in this life. And that sometimes means now And in the years ahead, there will be things that we don't experience and where we put up some guardrails. And it's not because I want to deprive you or I don't trust you. It's because I want the really good things that life has has in store for us. And so conveying that point, and look, that's easy to say, hard to actually convey, but reinforcing that to me to the point where... You know, in my mind, I want my kids to roll their eyes when I start that because they've heard it so much. <laughs> right. It will sink in. They may roll their eyes. It'll sink in. But that then becomes the foundation upon which you can adopt tools to Love keep it. your kids safe online. You can have those awkward conversations because yeah. ultimately they will know deep down he wants something greater for me. Oh, I love that. Sean Clifford, it has been so great to have you here today. Thank you for bringing your wisdom and all of this information. You can connect with Sean Clifford at canopy.us. You can get this product, put it on your phones, do it today. There's your action step from me. (laughs) Sean gave you his. That's your action step from me. Well, On Your Mark today has been good internet, bad internet, how dads can protect their daughters. You've heard from Sean Clifford. As always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com where I have free resources. You can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blogs. And remember, you can subscribe to the Dad Whisperer podcast on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher, where you can listen back to any of the past shows or share them with your friends. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been great to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you, Dad, to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's heart. Go dads. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. We trust you've been encouraged by today's program where you've been equipped with practical action steps to strengthen your relationships. Dr. Michelle loves hearing from you. So why not write her at drmichelle at the 
As always, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Give a listen, subscribe, and leave us a review. For free resources or to invite Dr. Michelle to speak at your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com for more information. That's drmichellewatson.com. Thanks for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us again on the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. Canfield.